Hey friends, welcome to episode number 21 of the Laundry List podcast. As you know, this is the podcast for list junkies, where we talk about important things, trivial things, all the things, and we do it by bringing you a new list every Wednesday. My name is Trisha Preeby, and I'm here today with my co-host Bethany Hager, and we're excited about the list we have for you today. So let's dive in. Okay, so today we're discussing role models, and I want to start with this, Bethany. I've got to be honest. Mm -hmm. The term role model makes me cringe a little bit. Does it make you cringe at all? Is it just me? I do anymore. I think it's because I wonder if it's a unique to our generation. We had very definitely told to us in growing up in the 80s and early 90s that role models were important. We had role models placed in front of us. And then I think our generation got to see a lot of role models fall apart. Hmm. And we've had to grapple with, what does that mean? I looked up to these people. Mm -hmm. I looked up to these people and there's a very public failure now, or I looked up to these people and they actually failed me Sure, um, because I can see where they didn't set the right example for me or they didn't train me where they should have. We're seeing the lack of mentorship on full display in many areas. Yeah, role model, that's a difficult discussion. Does it trigger you? You know, you mentioned that our generation specifically has seen so many role models rise and fall. And I think you're absolutely right about that. I wonder, though, because certainly every generation has had its leaders who have fallen and fallen in a big way. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if because we're really in the digital age now, if first of all, we have access to more role models. We we know about more leaders, more people. Like certainly there are pastors in other states that I probably never would have heard of without the digital age. Mm-hmm. And so first of all, we have greater access, wider access to role models. Also, they grow larger platforms because of that access. So their fall from glory really is bigger and louder and, and probably draws a lot more attention than it might have in previous generations, mm-hmm. where certainly their inner circle, maybe their ministry maybe the people around them would have known, but maybe not the whole world the way that it happens today. So as far as how it affects me, I'll be honest. So what led to this discussion with you and I today was really discussion in the media about Rabbi Zacharias, which has been a heartbreak. It's been a heartbreak for all of us who admired him, who loved his writing. Mm-hmm. Certainly the same is true for me. I've been deeply disappointed. Yes. And I will say that I turned to my husband at one point when all of this was unfolding in the news, mm-hmm. and I said to him, all right, is is any role model who we think he or she is? Is it possible to be public and have a public face or a public ministry or a Mm -hmm. public set of influence and really be the same person behind closed doors? I think the way that these major falls have affected me is I start to think a little bit more about, is that really who that person is? And I don't know that that's fair. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of what is happening because I have seen so many risings and fallings (laughs) and I'm just, I'm saddened by it. Also, I guess I think I just trust a little more slowly. I'm a little less likely to trust somebody with a recognizable name, as terrible as that sounds. It's almost, it puts a bias in you against them. If they're name is so recognizable, you almost use that as a reason not to to trust them Mm -hmm. and to say, well, that person will not be my role model because I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. And so you just don't. I will say there's something to 
refusing to jump on some bandwagons. So there's another segment of the population that has chosen a role model for their kids. And I see them talking about this person. It feels like all the time now, even among um, Christian women, and it's our new vice president. Hmm. And people are just so excited to have a woman vice president. And they're saying, oh, my six-year-old, my seven-year-old daughter, every time they hear her name, um, they cheer. And when they see her picture, they're so happy. And I'm so glad we have a woman to hold up as a role model for our children because a woman is vice president now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, that is a bandwagon I will not jump on because we can do better. The woman who's our vice president right now is not somebody I would have as a role model for my kids. Um, She supports things that are diametrically opposed to values that I want my children to have. And so there is a time and a place to say that's a bandwagon we're not going to jump on. And and for people who um, we'll get into this more later about choosing specific role models to place in front of your kids. But for people who specifically want to say that the woman vice president is a role model we should hold up, I would remind them mm-hmm. there are lots of queens mentioned in the Bible, too. True. And you could choose as a role model one of those queens, Esther, or you could choose as a role model one of those queens, Jezebel. Hmm. And there are very different people. And just because a woman is in a position of leadership does not mean that she is a good role model for our girls. And I'm sorry, I just totally like preached and got on that soapbox, but that one bugs me. I'm actually glad you brought up our vice president. I had not considered her in this discussion. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. I would love to just tack on a couple quick thoughts in addition to the very good things you just shared. And that is, I want to say clearly for our listeners, maybe this is obvious, but I want to state it clearly anyway. Mm -hmm. And that is the fact that our vice president is a woman and specifically a woman of color, is not at all the reason why we can't or shouldn't support her. I'm absolutely willing to champion the leadership of women and specifically women of color who lead well. Mm -hmm. That is not the issue. I would say that when we look past Washington's carefully curated image of a woman who is relatable, popular, and fun, Mm -hmm. and we actually look at her policy ideas, now we have a problem. And we cannot overlook those policy problems in favor of a fun personality or the fact that she is a woman or the fact that she is a woman of color. Here is my opinion. I don't know if I can say this clearly. I hope I can. I feel like I'm skating on some thin ice. But I would say that if the only reason we are willing to champion someone is because of her gender or because of her ethnicity, that, in my opinion, is no better than not supporting someone because of her gender or her ethnicity. Those two issues should not be deciding factors, nor should they be factors that prevent someone from leading. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be guilty of the same things that I accuse someone who is say, racist or misogynistic. I don't want to be guilty of the same thing by only supporting someone because she is female or because she is a woman of color. Mm -hmm. All right. The other thing I would say, if we carefully scrutinize her policy ideas, what we will discover is that she is incredibly pro-abortion. And it is no secret if you have listened to multiple episodes of this podcast that Bethany and I work for nonprofits that bring life. Mm -hmm. So the fact that 
our vice president is against restricting abortion in any state. And the fact that she is against banning federal funds to be used toward abortion is really enough for me to agree with you and say, this is not someone I see as a role model. All right. So I don't know. What do you choose who to call a role model or who to look up to anymore? All right. So I have been grappling with that question all week leading up to this discussion. And here's where I land on it. Mm -hmm. In a few minutes here, we are going to get to share our list of five role models that we would choose for our children. And what you're going to see with my lists are some very flawed individuals. Mm -hmm. So it isn't about living a flawless life. It isn't even about avoiding the big flaws, whatever those big flaws are, as opposed to little flaws. What it is, I think, what it comes down to is how do we handle our flaws? When we identify something in our life that should not be there, a choice we have made to sin, a choice that we have made to harm others, what do we do with that information? I am most concerned with how an individual responds with coming face-to-face with his or her own wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. And so that is, I know that may seem very simplistic, but that was one of the large things. First of all, living a life of character, living a life that pleases God, that honors God, but then also coming to terms with the fact that we do wrong and how do we handle that wrong when we come face to face with it. That's right. I think you make a very good point there. It's not that we don't expect people to fail. It's not that we would hold up role models and say, children, these people are of 100% unflawed character be like them because nobody is like that. There is one person in history who has been of unflawed character. Right. Everybody else has flaws. Everybody else has failed. But it's how we handle those failures that makes all the difference. And like you said, the opportunity to when you are confronted with a failure and you have the opportunity to repent and turn and do right again, it is that transaction that makes all the difference of whether the person can be a role model or not. Which actually leads me to the first person on my list of five role models. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't like going first, but I'm going to volunteer to go first today Mm -hmm. because what you just said leads so beautifully into the first individual on my list of five role models for my kids. The first person I chose today is actually David or King David from the Bible. Absolutely. So we know some basic facts about King David. He was Israel's second king, quite possibly Israel's Israel's most important king. We know that nearly half of the Psalms are attributed to him. Mm-hmm. We know the story about him defeating Goliath. But, and I have a feeling, listener, you know why I chose him for my list based on our discussion. Mm-hmm. He was also a hot mess. He stole a man's wife, he took a man's life, but he demonstrated what it should look like for any of us who are caught in sin. Mm-hmm. So in 2 Samuel 12, Nathan the prophet confronts King David, and there's that famous line, right? You are the man, 2 Samuel 12, 7. I've heard men quote that thing out of context so many times. <laughs> anyway, David's very first recorded words in response to this confrontation, and I've always been so deeply impressed by this, the first recorded words that he said after that confrontation were, quote, I have sinned against the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded every time I hear that story, I'm reminded of the verse in 1 Peter 5 mm-hmm. that says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What a mercy that he does this for us. He doesn't give grace to the wealthy. 
He doesn't give grace to the popular or to the talented. He gives grace to the humble. Anyone, anyone willing to walk in God's humility is worthy of receiving the grace that he promises because God is worthy and because God promises it to the humble. Mm -hmm. So I want my kids to look at the life of David and to see what it looks like when we're caught in sin, when we're confronted by our sin, how we respond in humility and the fact that God can still use us. Our story doesn't have to end with a choice that we've made. It can continue. And I've often wondered, though, I don't know that there's any way for me to prove this, the side of heaven, Mm -hmm. but I've often wondered if David's greatest ministry came after his repentance. So his life could have taken one of two very opposite directions, right, when he was confronted. And I've often wondered if because he repented, if God used him in greater ways after he sinned, because he handled it with humility. Mm -hmm. So that is the first individual on my list today. That ties in with my list, and I ended up with most of the rest of these making them categories. So this category would be choose as role models people whose legacies are complete as much as possible, Hmm. because then you do know with a little bit of certainty more of the full story. And so I was thinking of David, and I was thinking in contrast of Saul. Both of their stories are complete now, and you can line them up next to each other and compare how the two men did respond when they were confronted with wrongdoing and how David responded with repentance Mm -hmm. and he was allowed to continue in the blessing of God and Saul responded with excuses and lying and blame shifting and he had the kingdom taken from him. So when somebody's legacy is complete, you can get the full picture of their life, see how they responded in these situations of, you know, particularly for what we're talking about today, being caught in a sin or in a flaw, in a wrongdoing. And then and then you can weigh the balance of that completed life and figure out, okay, in balance, is there good that still can be drawn from this person's life and lessons I can hold up to myself and my children? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll see a legacy complete and then somebody attacking it now in the present. And you have to just kind of ask yourself, why is there an attack on this person's legacy? And if it If it doesn't jive with reality that we would want to tear down that person's legacy, then I need to analyze whose truth am I going to accept? Am I going to continue holding up the role model whose life I always believed was worthy of emulation and I I don't believe these new facts about them or whatever it is? Or am I going to believe the new voice coming in? Like there is a weighing and decision-making that you will still have to undertake even with somebody whose legacy is complete. Sure. But at least you have the balance of their complete story in front of you to make that decision and you're not waiting for the other foot to fall of them make a mistake. I love that, Bethany. And I will say that the second person on my list today is the individual I do feel the most confident recommending for a role model. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt, the second individual on my list today is Jesus. And actually, he is the first in terms of importance, but he was the second because of how we led into King David. Mm -hmm. I almost did not include Jesus on my list of role models today. And I will tell you why. It is because I am married to a pastor. And sometimes I wonder, if people will just think, well, yeah, she included Jesus on her list because she's a pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, I hope I would include him on my list of role models regardless. Jesus is the greatest role model. Now, 
I love Jesus for many reasons, and I want to just briefly give a few. First of all, maybe the most obvious, he died for my sins. I am so grateful for that. That is humbling every time I think about it. Mm -hmm. I love that Jesus is trustworthy. I love that Jesus called ordinary men to be his disciples. He didn't go to the religious elite and try to snatch away their star students to follow him. Mm -hmm. He went to the everyday kind of man and equipped him to change the world in his generation. I love that Jesus was good at scanning a room and looking for the most vulnerable person and moving in mercy toward her. Mm-hmm. My One of my very favorite stories in the Bible is when Jesus sat with a woman at the well. He didn't do anything to condone her sinful choices, but he did everything to move in mercy, to call out her sin for the purpose of making her whole. Mm-hmm. I love how Jesus loved children. I love how Jesus intentionally sought out those who needed him. He was not known for having meals with those that would advance his reputation. He gave up his reputation and took on the form of a servant. There's so much to love about him. I truly with all my heart cannot wait to see Jesus face to face someday. So he is the second, but really the first role model on my list today. Amen. Amen. I'll piggyback on that. He was on my list too. I think, uh, like you said, you cannot fill out a, a list of role models without including Jesus. And I think the reason um, there's there's reasons even beyond what you mentioned, Tricia, but, but in thinking about the human role models that we could have, mm-hmm. we need to include Jesus on our list is because every other role model has to be filtered through him before they become a role model for us. So the verse you said, follow me as I follow Christ. Yep. And I think of comparing our vice president to Jesus' character. Okay, how does that line up? So then can I make her a role model for me? Because my first role model is Jesus. Okay, X that one out. And I'm sorry to be that blunt about it. Mm-hmm. But but you have to X that one out as a role model for your character. The other one we've talked about specifically, Mr. Zacharias, hold him up to the character of Jesus. And does his character as he displayed it, and as we know about it now, line up with the character of Jesus? Okay, there's parts of it that do not. And so they can't be a role model for me and my kids. But here's the other thing about having Jesus as your role model. He is the ultimate judge. Yes, He is the one before whom we all will stand and have our character measured up to see whether it lines up or not. And so even if I do choose a faulty role model and find out later that they fell apart, they had a failing they never addressed, they had something very that becomes very public that was disastrous about their character, I still know that that person doesn't stand before me. I am not their judge of their character. They will stand before Jesus. And so I will take everything in that role model's life and filter it through Jesus. And then I will ask, does anything good remain? Hmm. When all of that gets burned off and is filtered through the character of Jesus, is there anything good left that can be a part of me and my life and my ministry? And I have nothing to say in defense of a man who denied the allegations of wrongdoing that were proven to be true and then also tried to bulldoze the woman who was brave enough to speak up to him. I have nothing to say in defense of that. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. 
There is a book I'm in the middle of called um, Another Gospel written by Elisa Childers. It's a fabulous book. And it's in defense of the basic tenets of Christianity. Okay. And when you hear Elisa give her story of, of writing this book, one of the major pieces that brought her to the point of being able to write this book and defend her faith and help the rest of us defend our faith was the ministry of Ravi Zacharias. Hmm. When she had serious doubts and questions, the ministry that God used to bring her back to solid faith and certainty in him was Ravi Zacharias. And I don't know how to make sense of that. I don't know how to to put those two pieces together and make it work. But my role model, Jesus, does. If you got nobody else, you still got Jesus. Here's truly what I think we can make sense of with confidence. Mm -hmm. Any good that comes from any life, including mine, is a work and a grace and a mercy of God. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it is particularly hard to understand that looking at the life of someone who has done great harm, how is it possible that he could have also done anything good? But at the same time, I think it is a testament to God that he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Mm -hmm. And one of those foolish things is me. So I think that is the thing we hold on to when we are struggling. Any good that was done in someone's life wasn't ultimately done by this foolish and flawed man. Any good that was ultimately done was done by God, even if it was done through a foolish and flawed vessel. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to move on or I am still going to be talking about that in 10 minutes. The third person on my list of role models today is someone I deeply admire, and her name is Harriet Tubman. So we probably all know Harriet was born into slavery. And then when she was a married woman, she escaped, which by the way, I feel like if I had been in her shoes, and I have absolutely no right to ever even probably imagine being in her shoes. But I feel like if I were in her shoes, I would have hightailed it to freedom and never looked back. I would probably have wanted to get as safe and comfortable as possible. But that is not what Harriet did. Instead, she turned around and made 13 missions to rescue approximately 70 people who were enslaved. And of course, she was part of that incredibly intelligent network of anti-slavery activists and safe houses Mm -hmm. known as the Underground Railroad. I am absolutely fascinated by the Underground Railroad. I also love the fact, by the way, that Harriet Tubman was given the nickname Moses, which I love because, of course, it harkens back to the man in the Bible who led God's people to freedom. Mm -hmm. A slightly lesser known fact, by the way, is that during the Civil War, Harriet served the Union Army as a spy. Yeah. And she, I believe, you can double check me on this, but I believe she was the only woman that led a group of men soldiers into a situation, I guess they were under fire. They helped free more than 700 slaves from neighboring plantations. I could go on and on about this woman. This woman fought for justice. In fact, this week, I just read quite by accident, I read one of the best definitions of justice that I've ever seen. It was actually the Bible Project. If you have never heard of them, you've got to look them up. But the Bible Project described justice as treating others as the image of God with the God-given dignity they deserve. Mm -hmm. It is courageously making other people's problems 
our problems. And when I think about the life of Harriet Tubman, the word justice comes to mind. She could have just gone to freedom and been justified to stay there and enjoy the freedom that she had never gotten to experience in her lifetime. And instead, she turned around and said, I want this freedom for others. And she went back. And I think that makes her an incredible hero. Mm -hmm. And she is the third role model on my list today. She's amazing. I saw a quote from her. It was probably yesterday shared because of Social Justice Day, but it was her quote saying, I wonder if I'm going to get through this, instructing people making their way to freedom. She said, when you see the torches behind you, keep going. Mm -hmm. When you see the torches behind you, keep going. When you hear the dogs behind you, keep going. When you hear the shouts of the people coming to get you behind you, keep going. Whatever happens, keep going. And I think I can't imagine being that person on the trail to freedom and hearing that behind me. We think that we are, I believe we're in a time where our freedoms are under threat right now. We don't have dogs chasing us through the woods right. to get to physical, literal freedom. And here she's just, I don't know how calm she was when she said it, but it was just, when you see this danger behind you, keep going. When you hear the dogs that would tear you to pieces, keep going. And so whatever right path you are on, follow Harriet Tubman. She's your role model. Keep going, whatever is behind you. Yep. And then this is way off topic, but the idea of people doing whatever it takes to get to freedom, there's a story, again, I saw this week about somebody escaping from East Berlin during the Cold War. Okay. And they would literally like make, they'd get to that gap in the, there would be gaps between the checkpoints and it was no man's land. Mm -hmm. And if you made it that far undetected, if off the Eastern border, then you just had to make a run for it to get to the Western side. And the, the, the soldiers on the Western side could do nothing for you till you crossed the border. You were on your own. And so people would, you know, sneak up to that wall, to that border, to that checkpoint, and then make a break for it and run as fast as they could. And the soldiers on the Western side could just watch till you got there. And there was, a story of a woman who made it that far, made her break for it across no man's land, and they're watching her run. She's getting shot at by the guards on the eastern side, shot, and she kept running, kept running, made it across the border to the western West Berlin side, falls into the arms of the soldiers there on that side. Oh, wow. She's in the arms of this soldier, shot to pieces. She ends up dying. But she looks up at the soldier and says, I am free. Wow. That, that is a powerful, powerful story, Bethany. Oh, my word. What people will do to stay free and how we have no business sitting quietly while people take that away. Hmm. Okay. Third on my list was a category again. And because I ended up, this is what inspired me to make them categories because I had several names of people And I thought, well, this is going to fill up my list if I just name these people. So then I had to make categories. So this category of role models for my kids would be people who they may, they're still living. So their legacy is not complete yet. We can't say that their story is done so we can weigh the balance. So there's, there's the possibility that these people could still fail and we observe it. But in this category, I would say choose living people who are close enough in your own circle that you and your children can observe them day to day and you see them in action, you see them over time Mm -hmm. and you are able to get to know them well so that you can observe closely how they succeed and how they fail and how they respond when they fail. 
And then the names that came to my mind when I was thinking of this would be people who are what I would consider maybe just in our small circles, but that's okay because then we've gotten to know them and observe them well. But I would consider them heroes of the modern faith. Okay. Um, and so they're people who, in my family's life, these people have had leadership. They have had spiritual authority positions. They would be up on a pedestal of sorts. And yet by, by just circumstances or the way that God allows things to work out, I've been able to know these people like sitting in living rooms with them, sitting around tables eating meals with them to where, yes, they're up on a pedestal, but I have been able to observe them long enough and close enough that I can point to them with my children and say, that is a person you should be like. So not to put you on the spot, but are there any who specifically come to mind? Any specific names? There's two. There's two from this group that I would pick out. One is a man who um, is a songwriter. Okay. My kids have now listened to every single one of his readings. I grew up listening to his recordings, and uh, his name is Ron Hamilton. And this man, um, I can definitively, he is still living, but I can definitively point my children to him and say, be like him. He is like Jesus. Hmm. And um, I hope you're going to get to hear more of his story in another episode of ours coming up. Mm-hmm. But one thing I want to tell you about Mr. Hamilton is in in this stage of his life, he has been diagnosed with a very specific and very debilitating disease that basically is, is going to end his life. But along the way, it ends um, parts of his personality such that the person we knew him to be even 10 years ago is not the same person now. But as all of that is happening and this disease is taking his toll, what we see coming out of him is Jesus. I mean, like oozing out of this man's pores. And you hear the the reports coming back that his um, nurse at home will ask him to write something on a card just to see what can, can he write a sentence? Can he, can he do this? And the thing he writes on the card over and over again, my hope is Jesus. My hope is Jesus. My hope is Jesus. Yep. He sings around his house all day. He is full of joy and laughter. And the only explanation for that is that he has soaked his mind in praise and love and worship of Jesus all his life. So it is literally pouring out of him now. That is somebody I want my kids to be like. Um, Another person in that circle is Beneth Jones, who um, some people will recognize her name. She was the wife of the college president where we attended our undergraduate days. And if I had to pick one woman outside of my family for my daughter to be like, I pointed to Beneth. The woman was intelligent. She was funny. She was down to earth. She pointed people to Jesus. When you spoke with her, you felt like you and she were the two people on the planet. She cared about you. She remembered things about you. Um, You would send, she and my mom had um, a couple letters and notes back and forth. And the handwritten notes that she would send to my mom, it was like they were best of friends. And I know that Beneth Jones knew thousands of people. And I'm sure she treated all of them with that individual dignity and love and respect. And so um, she's actually gone. So she's not technically somebody who's in this realm that I just set up of living heroes of the faith. Her uh, husband, Dr. Bob, is still on the earth, and I would point my kids to him without question. And so those people who I've been able to see their lives and observe them close enough to know with confidence, kids, you can be like that person 
those are the people I would establish as role models for my kids. And even if those people do fail, they've set up, like you said, the pattern that they would handle the failure correctly by taking it to Jesus and letting him work it out. I love that you mentioned Benneth Jones being friends with your mom, because I actually sat by Benneth at your mom's funeral, Mm -hmm. and she was exactly how you just described her. Very kind, very warm, very friendly. So thanks for that memory. Mm -hmm. I'll go ahead now and share the fourth, and it's not a person, it is a category, but the fourth category of role models on my list today, Mm -hmm. and that is the nameless servant. Now, certainly, all of us have names, and those names are known by God, Mm -hmm. but it is so easy, I think, when discussing role models to think of names everyone knows. So, Amy Carmichael, Corey Ten Boom, Mm -hmm. Adoniram Judson, truly wonderful servants of God. I'm not doing anything to minimize their accomplishment or their service. But I sometimes wonder when we get to heaven, if we're going to discover that some of the longest or the most deeply impactful work in ministry was done by servants who faithfully day in and day out served God to the best of their ability without pomp or circumstance to the praise of His glory. This is what I like to think of as the true greatness of quiet faithfulness. Mm -hmm. I think of so many men and women I know who quietly and fully have served God with their lives. One specific illustration of this, and I won't take long, but one specific example of this is a man I know named Glenn Hawley. Mm -hmm. He actually went to be with the Lord in January of 2010. So it's been a few years now since he was on earth. Mm -hmm. But I do remember Mr. Hawley was a maintenance man in the church that my husband and I attended in the Detroit area. And I I remember he was always there and he was always faithfully serving. And I always remember that he had a very pleasant demeanor, very willing to help, very willing. He was always changing a light bulb, always quietly doing what needed to get done to keep the ministry going. Mm -hmm. And when I think of servants who just quietly exhibited faithfulness, faithfulness to God, faithfulness to their work, men like Mr. Holly come to mind. And I would love to point my kids to that, especially my boys, to say, no matter what you do with your life, no matter if you are a maintenance man or if you are mm-hmm. fill in the blank, it doesn't really matter what your job is. No matter what God calls you to do, you have the potential and the opportunity to serve God just as Mr. Holly did through the true greatness of quiet faithfulness. So that is the fourth group on my list of role models today. And that kind of goes along with the fourth in my list, uh, because this category, the best I could come up with to say it is to to encourage my kids to look for heroes and role models in our own circle, in our own family, even close to home. So very few people are going to know, like you said, across the world, they're not going to know the names of my grandparents or my kids' grandparents. But those are people who my kids can look up to. They're going to know them very well. And hopefully um, there will be somebody in in people's families who would be a good role model to look up to and say, look, you have this in your heritage. You have an ancestor who did this good thing who that you can be like. Um, there are qualities of my grandparents. Like you said, I have a grandparent who was the church janitor and custodian around his church and school for many years. Mm-hmm. And I have memories of following him around the church. And he had long legs. He was tall and he walked fast. And if you were going to walk 
walk with Daddy Gerald around the church to to go check the trash cans and the toilet paper holders. You had to run to keep up. But he was going to do his job. He was going to do it well. He was going to take care of that church because it was God's house. And so that is a role model I can tell my kids about. Um, Not many people outside of our family are going to know his name, but they can know that there was this role model for them to look up to. So the people... um, real close to home who may not be famous in the world's eyes, but have done faithful service and just lived honorable lives. Bethany, that leads well into the fifth and final category on my list today of role models. I say category again, because it is a group just like my fourth, but the fifth and final group on my list of role models today, the last one was the nameless servant. And I would say this one is the servant in action. And what I mean by that is People who, and I don't want to sound crude when I say this, but people who die with their work boots on, people who are serving God until their final breath. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even necessarily just talking about older individuals. This can be young people, people in their 20s and 30s who die while serving God in some capacity. So back in August of 2016, I remember hearing a story that has still, it still impacts me deeply today. It's the story of a family called the Powell family, P-A-L. Jameson and Catherine Powell were a young couple and they had three young children. Actually, I believe the husband and wife both were still in their 20s. I think they were 29 and they were preparing to go to Japan to take the gospel to people there. Mm-hmm. And on a particular Sunday, they were driving from Minneapolis to Colorado, uh, I believe, to a church to do some work there, to do some deputation work. And they actually were hit by a truck, and the entire family was ushered into glory that day. And I remember just being completely overwhelmed by the reality that God would call home a family who was sold out to serving him. So I remember, I remember going to God and saying, why, why would, why would it be a good thing to take a family who was prepared to spend the rest of their lives taking the gospel to people in Japan. How is this good? And obviously, I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God's purposes are higher than mine. They're better than mine. I understand that I may ask questions, but God doesn't have to give me any other answer other than for His glory and and for our good. But I think it's impossible to hear a story like that without being deeply impacted. And I specifically remember that particular Sunday being impacted by the reality that that morning they were serving God. Mm -hmm. And later that same day, they were face to face with Jesus. And what an incredible way to go. How, How amazing to stand before the Lord and be able to tell him, of course he knows, but to be able to tell him, that you died serving him. And so I think I would always want to point my kids back to a role model that finished the race and finished it well. So that is the fifth and final category on my list of role models today. What do you have, Bethany? We are not hitting it easy today. Nope. This is not the the easy cycle of laundry that we're doing. I'm sorry, everybody. The last name on my list is not a category. The last name on my list of role models for my kids is going to sound so arrogant. The last name on my list is me. Hmm. Because like it or not, 
I may not even want to be up on that pedestal to my kids. I may wish there were things I could hide from them. In fact, I do. I wish that I could hide the warts of my life from my kids. But like it or not, they are going to see every bit of my life. And like it or not, they are going to imitate me. And so I had better get with it and be the best role model for my kids that I can be. And I think that's all I have to say about that. Well, that's a powerful one to end on, Bethany. And I appreciate you sharing that. I actually have really enjoyed this entire conversation. I'm already looking forward to the next conversation. Thank you for putting your list together and for sharing your thoughts. And thank you too, listener, for tuning in, I guess you could say, to this episode and being part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. We know that we would not have a podcast without you, so thank you. I do want to remind you very quickly that over on our website, laundrylistpodcast.com, we do include detailed show notes and takeaways and any sort of quotes or things you might want to go looking for later. So if there were any names or anything mentioned that you want to learn more about, go find it at laundrylistpodcast.com. And Bethany, do you have any home management tips that you would give us any tasks that we could do today? Probably you have a pile of laundry somewhere that needs to be folded. If you're like me, it's still in a laundry basket. So go fold that laundry. There you have it. And we will look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye.